Welcome to the Eastside Church Podcast. We're a community-driven church based in Charlotte, North Carolina, and invite you to join us on Sunday mornings at 9 or 11 a.m. For more information, visit our website, eastside.co. I am ecstatic about this word. Excited would be an understatement. I've talked to a couple of you, and uh, maybe more excited, not, not to sound too much like uh, Pastor Alex here, but maybe more excited than I have been about any other word. This is, this is great. Um, I feel like I've heard from the Lord, and uh, I'm excited to hear from the Lord again with you all. Father, open our eyes. Because Jesus has poured out everything he's given all for us so that we could be in covenant relationship with you. I ask you to speak to us this morning by your spirit whom he sent in his name. Teach us, transform us, encourage us. May we leave differently than we came. Amen. Amen. Look at someone next to you and Say this, this message, don't look at me, look at someone next to you and say this message might just change the way I think. And that might just change the way I live life. Fair? Good. Title, all you title lovers out here, I was proud of this one, I felt like it was savvy. Hashtag, let me say that again, hashtag, in Jesus' name. We're going to be talking about praying in the name of Jesus this morning and what that means. And I feel like the Lord just wants to expand our understanding of what that is and, and how we apply that in our daily lives, a reason for the hashtag, and, and just so you guys know, I know nothing about hashtags. I've sent one in my entire life, one, but I think it is kind of like a PS or just something you kind of want to tag on to the end of, of an earlier message. Am I right or wrong? You guys don't know any more about hashtags than I do. Let's just assume for the sake of the message that that's what a hashtag is something added on to the end for all of those on your Facebook pages viewing pleasure. And I think so often, I think the reason that the Lord gave me this, this word is so often that is what his name is uh, in our prayers, is, is added on to the end. Um, an afterthought, if you will. Um, a way to close, close up our prayer and uh, work toward the exit and lunch or, or whatever activity is following, and the Lord has so much more for us uh, than that. Good morning, Sarah, Monica, and Edgar. How are you guys? Good. I've been working on your names all week, so I wanted to do that. <laughs> Good to see you. Um, turn with me to 1 Samuel sixteen seven. Sorry, guys, you know me. I'm just real. 1 Samuel sixteen seven. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or 
at the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. That's kind of the context um, for today. I feel like the Lord wants to bring us to the heart of what praying in his name is all about and maybe steer us a bit away from the technicality or the formula that can be so easily associated with that. And, and let, me just give you, let me just give you some context of, of kind of where we're going, because as great as this message is, has been to prepare and everything, I've, I've really struggled because it's, it's not an easy message, and I, I really am believing the Lord for, for my ability to communicate it clearly and for you to get it. But I want you to keep in mind this difference right here. <clears throat> I believe that one of the most overused words in our language today is the word love. I love you, I love sunrises, I love pizza, I love the dog, I love bubbles, whatever, right? So many different messages for one word. So every once in a while, I steer away from it. And not to say I don't tell my wife that I love her, because I do, but I want you to listen to this. Baby, I love you. Now listen to this. Baby, I just want you to know how much I appreciate you. What an incredible woman of God you are that you sacrifice for us continually, and you mean more than I could ever express. See that? Now, the second, the second phrase, the second line of things that I said, did I say I love you? Yes. Maybe even better than the first. All right, so just keep that thought in mind as we go. First thing we have to understand about praying in the name of Jesus and, 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 and how I'm going to frame this and, and, and what I'm going to work, because I have plenty of time, so I'm going to take my time. It's early, y'all. This is exciting. <laughs> I'm going to work from broad, and then I'm going to get narrow, more narrow, more narrow, more narrow as we go. So what I want to start with is names today are not what names were then. And a name in the Hebrew culture actually meant something. Whereas today, it's just a way to differentiate more times than not, one another in a crowd of people. It's, it's, it's what to call someone. Um, but back then, and, and certainly the case with the Lord, uh, names meant much more. They sum up the character, the nature, the work of an individual. So I read a, a couple of rabbis here, and I'm not going to even bother trying to pronounce their name because I won't do it right. Um, but just know I have their names on here, so they're getting credit. You know where credit is due. Um, so this first rabbi said, in Judaism... I'm going to read this to you. A name is not merely a conglomeration of letters put together as a convenient way to refer to someone. Ideally, it is a definition of the individual. Did you hear that? That's important. It is a definition of the individual, a description of his personality, and an interpretation of his traits. And the second rabbi that I read, names represent our identity not simply because they are a convenient way to allow us to be distinguished from one another. It's because they define us. So they both said it. Names define us. The names are given at birth. The names we are given at birth aren't accidental. They are to some extent prophetic. They capture our essence. They are the keys to our soul. 
right? So the first thing I really want you to hear, and I think it might be up, up on the screen there for you. It is. Thank you, Kim. A name, so much more than a name, right? Defines us, captures our essence, captures our character, our nature, our work. I'll put it like this. To do something in someone's name is to do it in the full expression of who they are. Say that again. To do something in someone's name is to do it in the full expression of who they are. Okay? Tracking with me so far? This is all intro. We're building up here. Okay. Let's look at John 5.43. And for those of you that are quick turners, or turn it all for that matter, John 20.21, we're going to look at those two right quick. Um, They will also be up on the screen for you if you don't want to thumb through. John 5.43 says this, I have come in my Father's name. You do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, him, you'll receive. Right? All I really want you to hear there is that Jesus was sent in the Father's name. Jesus came in the Father's name. The other thing I want you to hear right here is in John 20, 21, and Jesus said, Jesus said to them, begin peace to you as the Father sent me, I also send you. Right? So two things. Two things to get us started here. Jesus was sent in the Father's name. We're sent in his name. Right? This is going to be important because as we discover and, and actually put thought into and time into what does it mean to pray in the name of Jesus, my approach to that was to look at the life of Jesus and see how he represented the Father because he was sent in the Father's name. Right? He was sent in the full expression of who the Father was. Okay? Good? Fair? All right. You guys don't go to sleep on me. You know I like participation. We are called to do, again, we're going to talk about prayer today, and it's going to be a very narrow message, and that is very on purpose, okay? But I want you to hear at a high level what all we're called to do in his name, because it's a lot, all right? So I'm going to run through these. I'm going to run through them quickly. Just listen. Take take it all in. We're called to receive others in his name. That's in Matthew 18, 5. We're called to give in his name. Mark 9, 41. We're called to gather in his name, Matthew. Matthew 18, 20. To baptize in his name, Great Commission, Matthew 18, 18 through 20. To preach in his name, that's in Acts 4. And Mark 16, many of our favorites, Mark 16, 17 and 18, says, and those who believe in my name, they'll cast out demons, they'll speak with new tongues, they'll trample over scorpions and all the power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means hurt them. They'll lay hands on the sick, and they'll recover. We're called to minister in his name and do miracles in his name. Colossians 3.17 says, whatever you do, in word or in deed, do all in his name. Right? So this touches our entire life, who we are, just like Jesus was sent and, and, and did all and was all in the Father's name. We're called to be the same. So, John 14, 13, and 14, we'll read it here in a little bit, tells us to ask in his name or pray in his name. So, my point there in mentioning all of that is we're called to do so many things in the name of Jesus. We're called to do everything in the name of Jesus. And out of all those, all I want to talk about is prayer. Okay? This is, this is very intentional because I'm going to say some things 
that when you first hear them, you're going to go, eh, I don't know, right? Or maybe worse. And it's very important for you to understand that I am only referencing prayer to the Father. Okay? You guys alive? Okay. Good. So, that being the case... Just listen to the AK music back there. That being the case, we use his name and we speak in his name in a variety of circumstances for a variety of reasons, a variety of situations, in a variety of kingdoms. I want you to hear that, all right? We use the name of Jesus. We speak the name of Jesus to influence and impact different kingdoms, okay? We speak his name to have an impact on the kingdom of darkness. We speak his name to have an impact on the kingdom of this world, be you and I, right? Receive others in his name, gather in his name. We'll read a couple of scriptures here in a minute where Paul speaks specifically to the person in the name of Jesus, two kingdoms. And we speak his name, and particularly we pray in his name, to the Father. Kingdom of darkness, kingdom of this world, kingdom of light kingdom of heaven, okay? The reason for me breaking it down that way is how we speak in his name is very different depending on the kingdom. How we use his name, the symbolism that we're representing when we speak in his name is very different depending on the kingdom. So of those three, for the rest of the time that we're talking, kingdom of light, kingdom of the father, prayer to the Father. That's where we're at, okay? Hopefully, I have beat that dead horse enough for you to hold on to that. Go with me to John 14, 13, and 14. I'm going to go over there with you, give you guys time to, to turn. John 14, 13, and 14. This is, if there was a key verse or text in the message, this would be it. say you're there if you're there okay John 14 13 and 14 Jesus says and whatever you ask in my name that I will do that the father may be glorified in the son bless you if you ask anything in my name I'll do it all right pretty self-explanatory So we can all agree on this right here. Are we called to pray in the name of Jesus? Yes, unanimously, right? Okay, good. John 15, 16 says this. I think it'll be up there for you. You didn't choose me, I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. And whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you, okay? So those two key scriptures right there, we're called to pray in the name of Jesus. Now, moving on, second phase, if you will. How many of you in your prayer consistently say this phrase, in Jesus' name? Raise your hand. 
a lot of people in the house. Let me branch out just a little bit, because if you're not a in-Jesus-name person, you might be a in-the-name-of-Jesus person. Me too. All the time. Either at the beginning, at the end, in the middle, or all three. In my prayer. In the name of Jesus, that phrase particularly, in the name of Jesus or in Jesus' name, is all over my prayers. You guys that have heard me pray, you know. No surprise. And I I think what I'm hearing is it's all over your prayers as well. Yeah? Okay. I know this is is a teaching message. All right? I may get excited at some point, but... This is, this is very much going to be line upon line, so just brace yourself. I hope you drank coffee this morning. <laughs> Let me give you a side note um, right here. This is my rabbit trail, although it is a planned rabbit trail, just so you guys know. <clears throat> you know, the name of the, the, the Hebrew people regarded the name of God to be so holy, Yahweh, that they removed the vowels. So it was just Y-H-W-H, the name really that was unpronounceable because they regarded it as too holy to be spoken, right? And I'm not getting on anybody. And if I'm getting on anybody, I'm getting on myself, so it's, it's fine. I'm not getting on anybody at all. I'm just saying. Remember the love demonstration earlier. That word can become so familiar that it means nothing right? In the name of Jesus, and in the name of Jesus, 47 times throughout your prayer, hear my heart. I'm not being critical. I'm not poking fun. I'm simply saying there is a warning there. There is a a danger there. There is a possibility there for that not to hold the meaning that it should because it's too familiar. Would you guys agree? I had a teacher in school. uh, His name is John Fenn. Favorite teacher in school by far, a mentor of mine, to put it lightly. Um, He took a six-month period of time where he refused to say the name of Jesus in his life. And I always thought that was interesting because he wanted to recapture the beauty and the power of that name. So he took a six-month break. So side note, food for thought. You know, whatever, whatever the Lord might say in that Okay, so let me get back to, don't lose the context here. I know I'm speaking to a lot of things here. Praying in the name of Jesus, that's what we're talking about today. What that really means and how we really apply that. Now, I just asked you, and I got a healthy show of hands, how many people use the phrase in the name of Jesus in their prayers or in Jesus' name, and it was most of us. How about the writers of the New Testament? Did they pray in the name of Jesus? It's not rhetorical. You guys can answer. Did they pray in the name of Jesus? Yes. Unanimously. Absolutely. If they didn't, and that was the instruction that our Lord gave us, their prayers probably wouldn't be in the Bible. Fair? Okay. How many times, and let's just have some fun here. I, I just, I'll, whoever's brave enough to participate with me, go ahead. How many times in the writers of the New Testament do we find prayers to the Father 
that have the phrase, in Jesus' name or in the name of Jesus. Mark says it should be everyone. Anybody else brave enough to speak that out? Zero. Anybody else? Interesting, Miriam. You surprised me. Zero. Now, I'm just going to let that sit. We have time. Established so far, we're called to pray in the name of Jesus. At least in part, a definition of doing that for us is including in Jesus' name or in the name of Jesus, that phrase particularly in our prayers. And yet the writers of the New Testament who absolutely prayed in the name of Jesus, it's nowhere to be found. Very interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. Let me tell you what is found. Let me tell you what we do have. All right? Stay with me. Don't stone me. Don't drag me out of here and throw me out into the middle of the road. This is what we do have. In Acts 3.6, we have <clears throat> Peter and John, I think, on the way into the temple at the gate called Beautiful, and they see the beggar, right? And he's begging for alms, and they say, hey, what can we do? And he's begging them, and they say, make this statement. Silver and gold, don't have it. That's a good statement for the church to hear right there. Silver and gold, I don't have it. But what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Okay? That's what we see. Now, was that phrase there? Absolutely. Was it powerful? Absolutely. Did it bring the kingdom of heaven? For sure. Who was his audience? Who was he speaking to? Come on. Come on. The man, right? That was not a prayer. That was not directed to the Father. That was a command to a man. Yes? You with me? All right, let's keep, let's keep walking here. Acts 16, 18. I'm, I'm intentionally telling you these scriptures so you can go back and check me on it. Acts 16, 18. Paul. The girl was following and, and, and annoying and annoying and annoying, and she had a demon, and Paul turned around and said, in the name of Jesus, I command you, come out of her. Right? Phrase, power, accomplish the work, not a prayer. Who was he speaking to? The demon. Not even the girl. You, demon, in the name of Jesus, out. Right? You with me? All right. To the man... To the demon, Acts 19.3, <laughs> seven sons of Sceva, in the name of Jesus who Paul preaches, <laughs> we exercise you. Most of us know how that worked out for them, which was not well, right? Because those guys were not in covenant relationship with the Lord. They had no authority to use his name. They tried to use his name, and it didn't work. And the demon jumped on, jumped on them and you know, kicked the snot out of them. So... That's how that went. But again, we see the phrase again there, who's he talking to? Who were they attempting to talk to? The demons. Is this good? This is, this is helpful. This is amazing. 1 Corinthians 
Paul appeals to the people. I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. He goes on to say, be, be unified. Don't let there be any divisions among you. Right? So it's an appeal in the name of Jesus. Who's he speaking to? The people. Last one. 2 Thessalonians 3.6. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we command you, brothers and sisters, keep away from every believer who is idle. That's it, y'all. That's it. I checked, and I checked it twice. Because I don't want to stand up here and tell you something that's not true. So unless my computer is broken, and the Bible study tool app is broken... That's it. That's all you're going to find for in the name of Jesus or in Jesus' name in our New Testament that we live by. Okay? None of those to the Father. Let me make this statement. It'll be up on the screen for you. We do not find a prayer in the New Testament that includes the phrase in Jesus' name or in the name of Jesus but every prayer in the New Testament was most certainly prayed in the name of Jesus. Okay? Do you with me? Is this good? All right. Stay with me. We're going. We're going somewhere. <laughs> Put in my notes here. This might come as a shock to you. Because it did me. A shock to the system. After following the Lord solidly, 20 years in my case, like, Lord, he's showing me this, and I'm like, Lord, what's going on here? I feel a little, I feel a little shaken. I feel a little unstable. So if you feel that way, I'm with, I'm with you, right? I'm just a couple of days ahead of you on this one, but I'm with you, right? And this is, this is the reality right here. This is where we're going. This is what the takeaway is so far. Praying in the name of Jesus does not mean closing our prayer within Jesus' name. It just doesn't. I'm going to let it settle. Making some big statements here. The Lord is making some big statements here. Praying in the name of Jesus does not mean closing our prayer within Jesus' name. It just doesn't. This is a practice, in my humble opinion, that we've learned from the church, not from Scripture. A habit, exactly, if you will. Sue. Now, <clears throat> we started with man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. And we need that right here in the message because some of us and I'm in I'm in both I'm in both boats here sometimes I've used that phrase and it's meant something and when it means something to me it means something to him sometimes I've used that phrase and it's meant nothing to me right that phrase to me at times is, let me check all the boxes let me cover all the bases let me make sure that God hears me so I'm going to make sure I say in the name of Jesus in my prayer. That is as honest as I know how to be, guys. And that doesn't mean anything to the Lord. 
There's no power there. If anything, that's superstition. Okay? Now, let me tell you what I'm not saying. I am not saying (laughs) that your prayers have been hindered. You need to hear that. Okay? I am not saying that your prayers up up to this point have been broken. I am not saying that your prayers up to this point have been hindered. I certainly don't believe that mine have. Okay? It's important for you to get this. I'm also not saying, <laughs> so don't tell Pastor Alex this when he gets back. It's going to be on, <laughs> it's going to be recorded anyway, so he's going to hear it. I am not saying stop using the phrase in the name of Jesus in your prayers. I am not saying stop ending your prayers within Jesus' name. If you are hearing that, you're hearing the wrong thing. I am simply saying, That the simple expression and inclusion of that phrase in our prayers is not what it means in its entirety to pray in the name of Jesus. That's what I'm saying. That's what you guys need to get. And there's value in discovering more fully what the Lord intended when he said, ask the Father in my name. Okay? So, all of that leading up to What does it mean, right? For the rest of our time, what does it mean? What did he mean? Okay? I told you we were going to go back and look at the life of Jesus because he was sent in the Father's name. So we can look at his life and we can apply the life of Jesus to our prayer life to get a proper prayer posture. Okay? So, to pray in his name is to pray consistent with his nature, his word, his plan. Okay? Remember earlier when we were talking about the name. Doing something in the name is to do something in the full expression of the individual. So to pray in the name of Jesus is to pray in the full expression of who he is. Okay? The first thing, we're going to go through five things, and we're going to be done. The first thing I want you to hear about praying in the name of Jesus and what that really means is to pray according to his will. Okay? Number one, pray according to his will. We can look at the life of Jesus consistently. John 4, 34, I think it'll be up there for you. Jesus said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. My food, my substance. Right? I don't know that there could be any more of a clear way to express the value that doing the will of the Father had in Jesus' life than for him to say, this is my food to do this. This is what sustains me. This is what keeps me alive. Right? Okay? John 6.38, Jesus says, I've come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Right? We can also see it in the garden when Jesus goes back and then back again and then back again to say, I don't want to do this. But your will, Father. Not mine. I don't want to do this, but that's not important. What's important is you've sent me to do this. So let your will be done. You guys see that? You hear that? You see how that's in the name of the Father? In the expression of the Father? 
in the character and nature and plan and design of the Father, we're called to do the same. We're called to be the same. That when we go into prayer, that our number one priority is bringing his will to this earth. And we see it in the Lord's Prayer. Father, holy is your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's how he instructed us to pray. In his will. Okay? First John 5, 14 and 15. I want to read that one to you. A lot of scripture today, guys. It needs, it needs a lot of scripture. Okay? It says this. This is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will. Did you hear it? If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we've asked of him. Right? So according to his will, it's huge. I cannot overstate it enough. Having a heart for the will of God in prayer. Which leads us into our next, our number two which is praying by his spirit, okay? According to his will, by his spirit. John seven seventeen says this. Jesus says, if anyone's willing to do his will, he'll know of the teaching, whether it's from God or from man. Now, what that says to me is that there is a direct link between how willing we are to do the will of God and the revelation that we have. You hear that? It's important. There's a direct link between our willingness and our ability to receive revelation. If anyone's willing to do his will, he'll know of the teaching. He'll have revelation and be able to discern whether it's from God or from man. Right? So as we move into the second, it's this, it's this heart for the will of God. It's a heart that says, even, it's okay to say, Jesus modeled for us to go, Father, I, I want this. This is what I want. Or I don't want this. I don't want to do this. But what you want is more important. So let your will be done. Let your kingdom come. I'm willing. I'm willing. Right? And when we have that posture he can speak to us, and he can give us revelation, and it can come by his spirit. That's what I mean primarily when I say by his spirit is that we're praying with revelation, that he is the source of the content of our prayer. Do you hear that? He is the source of the content of our prayer. Don't lose the context. Step back. Big picture. Big picture reminder. What does it mean to pray in the name of Jesus? Pray according to his will. That he would be the source of the content of our prayer. Okay? Again, when we look to the life of Jesus, which is what we're going to do, let me share a couple of things that we see. John 5, 19, my favorite scripture in the entire Bible. The son can do nothing of himself, only what he sees the father do. 20 goes on to say the father loves the son and shows him all things that he himself is doing. Verse 30, as I hear, I judge. That's why my judgment is just. I don't do anything on my own initiative. You hear that? Now, that's our Lord. It's our master. It's our teacher. It's our example. And he was sent in the name 
of the Father. And a part of what that meant was, I do not act independently of him. Right? Now roll that into our prayer posture. If we're going to pray in his name, we do not pray independently of him. He has to be the source. It's about revelation. Revelation is a part of how we pray in his name. 1 Corinthians 2.12 says this, because he's equipped us. He hasn't just told us to do it, but left us powerless. He's equipped us to get revelation. 1 Corinthians 2.12, 2 Corinthians 2.12, one of the two. 1 Corinthians 2.12 says this, we receive not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who's from God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us by God. If you ever want to answer the question, why do I have the Holy Spirit? So you can have revelation. Why do I have the Holy Spirit? So I can know the things that God's provided, so I can know the things that have been freely given from heaven. So I can know those things, so I can pray those things. You see that? He's the source. Let me make this statement right here. All true prayer starts in heaven. All true prayer starts in heaven. Right? There's a scripture in Romans. We're going to get to it right now. 1136. For of him or from him... And through him and to him are all things. From him, through him, to him are all things. That's how Jesus lived his life in the Father's name. That's how we're to pray in his name. From him, through him, praying by his spirit, back to him. That way he gets all the glory. And he says many times, I will not share my glory, right? According to his will, by his spirit. Matthew 16, 18 tells us, Revelation, it's on this rock. I'm going to build my church. And as Robert told us a little bit ago, Revelation is what the gates of hell can't hold back. Revelation is what will overcome the gates of hell. So, first two. Good so far? Ready for a third? <laughs> Let me just say this as we move towards our third. I always thought it was bold for Jesus to say, anything you ask in my name, I'll do it. Like, Lord, that's kind of like a blank check, isn't it? Well, it's not if he has to be the source of what we ask. You hear that? That's how he could guarantee. It's a yes every single time you pray in my name. Because every single time that it's really in his name, it has to be according to his will, and it has to be from him and through him and to him, and then you can say yes. Right? Okay. <sighs> Praying in his righteousness. Number three. According to his will, by his spirit, in his righteousness. Hebrews 4.16 tells us this, come boldly, come boldly before the throne. Every time we say, Father, we are coming before his throne in the spirit, right? Now, why this is so important for us is so many times we are hesitant or we are hesitant is the word in our prayers because we come to him so mindful of our shortcomings, so mindful of all that we're not living up to, right? And then we pray feebly. We, we pray hesitantly. We, we pray insecurely because we're praying in our righteousness. 
which is pretty bleak when you look at Scripture. We have to come and pray in his righteousness. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Just say that. I am the righteousness of God. Isn't that good? We can come before the Father and say that. Father, thank you that I'm the righteousness of God. Thank you that as I'm here before you, before your throne in the spirit, that you don't look down and see Brandon who has all these gaps. You look down and see perfection of Jesus. That's what it means to ask in his name. Ask in the expression of all that he is. To come in his name according to his will by revelation in his righteousness. I made a statement that I think is worth repeating the last time I taught on righteousness, and it was this right here. First of all, I asked the question, how many in the room by show of hands are 100% righteous? Go ahead, participate. Seven. Seven. We have seven people in the room that are 100% righteous. How many people in the room trust in the finished work of Jesus that he did on the cross? Show of hands. I'm not trying to embarrass anybody. I'm trying to prove a point. More than seven. Right? You are righteous. And you are not partially righteous. You are not a little bit righteous. You are as righteous as Jesus is because it's in him we stand. It's in him we trust. It's in him that our hope exists. And then I made this statement, and this will rock your world. You will not be any more righteous when you die on the day that you stand before the Lord than you are right now. No more righteous when you stand before the Lord than you are right now. You want to know why? Because it's his righteousness. And Jesus is not going to be any more righteous on that day than he is right now. You hear that? That is huge huge but that's what it means to pray in his name to come to the father and be bold and have confidence not because of yourself because of our lord and what he's done and who he's made us okay i have two more we're working toward the close these are important stay with me what it means to pray in the name of jesus according to his will by revelation in his righteousness because of his work. I love this. And I've been doing this. As I've been working on this message throughout the week. I've been doing this and it's fun. It's good. Because of his work. Now let me just say this. In his righteousness, that's a focus on me. Right? It's a focus on me. It's a focus on the Lord, but it's a focus on what he's done for me. Right? Lord, I'm righteous because you spilled your blood for me. I, I have this access because you, you tore the veil. I'm, I'm right with the Father. When he looks at me, he sees you because I've been reborn. You've done that work. I am new. But that's about his work in me, right? When I say praying because of his work, I'm talking about interceding for others, which I know we all do, every single one of you, all the time, Right? And being mindful of not only when we come to the Father, what he's done for us, being mindful of what he's done for them. And, and, and giving thought to that. 
and giving time to that and including that even as a part of the prayer, right? And it's just, it's neat, y'all. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. When you do this and you're praying for someone and instead of just saying, Father, please heal them in the name of Jesus, you say, Father, Jesus was broken for them. He suffered for them. He was bruised. He took stripes on his back for them. He took their sickness so that they could be made well. So, Father, touch them. Let your power overwhelm them right now. You hear the difference? Praying for healing, praying for freedom, praying for restoration, right? And to do those things and to call to mind, to reflect on, to appreciate not only what Jesus has done for me, so Father, I come to you in this manner because of who I am in Christ, but Father, I come to you and I pray and I can pray with confidence and I can be moved with compassion in prayer because I'm thinking about them and their name and your love for them and then praying that in. You know what it is, guys? And you know why we took communion today? Because I wanted to make this point right here. If you will do this in prayer, it's like you're taking communion every time you pray. Hear that? If we'll call to mind, Lord, this is what you've done for me. This is, I'm coming in your name, not on my own. I'm coming in your righteousness, not, not on my own merit, but yours. And I'm praying for this individual, Father, because Jesus gave all for them so that you can move right here. Because what do we do at communion? We remember. We remember. And we appropriate the work of Jesus, according to his will, by revelation, in his righteousness, because of his works. Last one. With his authority. Save the best for last. <laughs> They're all good. I can't back that up. They're all amazing. Praying with his authority. Now, this was kind of the kicker for me. I can get more of a clear visual, visualization of what this looks like and what this means when I'm speaking to a demon or I'm speaking to sickness, you know, and I'm saying, I'm, I'm saying the name of Jesus and I'm using the name of Jesus and I'm, I'm demonstrating that authority actually like I believe it, right? I can, I, I got that. You know, I mean, there's more to learn. There's always more to learn. There's more to grow in. But I, conceptually, I, I, feel, I feel solid there, right? But using the authority of Jesus with the Father, yeah, it's a little trickier for me. I had to, had to navigate that through a little bit more, all right? Because the last thing I want to, to do or be to the Father is someone that tries to strong arm him or manipulate him or force his hand in any way. It's not what we're called to. And it's all over the place. And when you think of who he is and who we are, it's the most ridiculous thing you could ever imagine, but it's all over the place, right? And so it's not that. There's two implications that are there when we talk about acting in the name of another. And the first is this. You come by the authority of the other person. You're not coming in your own authority. This is similar to what we talked about with righteousness, all right? You're not coming in your own authority, but you're coming 
This was powerful to me. You're coming because someone else has authorized you to be there. Authority, authorized, right? So, so again, we, I really want you guys to hear we can be bold. We, we can have confidence with the Father. I can go, Father, thank you so much that I have every right to be here. I'm authorized to be here. Have you ever been someplace where you're not authorized to be? Don't answer that. Kind of nerve-wracking, right? But think about when you are authorized to be there. We have these little uh, badges, you know, where, where I work. Um, you know, and you scan your badge to get into the building. That badge is your authorization. That badge is, you know, it's, it's, it's your security. It's, it's hey, I'm, I deserve to be here. I'm, I'm right to be here. I should be here. You hear that? To do something in someone else's name. You're authorized. You're authorized to be in that place. And you're authorized to take that action. So, this means when we come to the Father, I love this. We come because Jesus sent us there. I love that. Golly, that ministers to me, y'all. Father, I'm here because Jesus sent me. Father, I'm right here, ready to pray. Sent by your Son to bring heaven to earth. Authorized. Praying with his authority. Good? <laughs> love that. We are sent by the Son to seek help from the Father. Secondly, when you come in someone's name, you come in his stead. And I don't think I fully realized what this meant until I really, really took a, a look into it. You come in his stead. What that means is if I come to Vulo and I come in Pastor Alex's name representing him, then whatever I ask, in this case, I'll stay with ask, whatever I ask Vulo, it's the exact same if Pastor Alex was asking him. And he, he is expected to respond to me the exact same way that he would if Pastor Alex was standing in the flesh right in front of him. That's what in his stead means. That's the second implication to come in the name of another, praying in the name of Jesus. When you or I stand before the Father and make request, because we are sent in his name, because we are there in his name, it is as if the Lord Jesus himself was standing before the Father and making that request. And the Father is expected to respond to you or I in the exact same way that he would his son. In his stead, in his name. I pray that we're encouraged today. We have such an opportunity to be encouraged. We have such an opportunity to, to move forward. We have such an opportunity to take something that may have been a bit rote in prayer and to make it what you intended it to be. To make it powerful. To make it intimate. To make it miraculous. pray for our hearts this morning that they would be toward you 
pray for my heart, God, that it would be toward you. That I would really want what you, you desire more than, more than what I do. For every one of us in the room that we would really, really, really line up with you and align our desires with who you are. What's important to you. That that would be important to us. Father, that we would hear you and receive revelation from you as you mold that heart in us, God. That you would just open up heaven over us, that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts to understand, God. The prayer of a spirit of wisdom and revelation would be a reality in our lives so that when we pray, it can truly be from you, through you, to you. May the revelation of your righteousness sink in like never before. We realize that when we stand before you, it's not on our own. It's not by our own merits. Our shortcomings truly don't matter because what you see is Jesus who covers us. Grow us in boldness. Grow us in confidence. Father, as we intercede for others, may we be ever mindful of how much you care for them, of all that you've done for them. Father, I pray that we would be moved with compassion as your son was. Lastly, Father, I pray that we would grasp fully today the access that we have the authorization Jesus that you've given us to come boldly before the throne that we belong there that we're at home there more than anywhere else and that Father when we ask you something it's as if your son who's by your side turns to you and makes that request himself may we operate there Father I pray that we as a body would begin to pray in the name of Jesus like never before glorify your name thank you Once again, thank you for listening to the Eastside Church Podcast. If you have any questions or need more information, please visit our website, eastsidechurch.co.